As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that has been to the last six Futures game. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and I feel confident in that claim. Oh yes, uh, this is a Futures game special, the Sirius XM All-Star Futures game, not just because this podcast is on the Sirius XM Podcast Network, but it works out. It works out, Jake, and we are recording this uh, on Friday evening. We spent all day talking to a whole bunch of prospects who will be participating in this year's Futures game, some of the best prospects in the league, and most of this episode is going to be uh, hearing some of our favorite parts of the conversations we had over the course of the day. We're going to be by previewing this game in general and the things we're excited to watch as if, if for anybody could be excited to watch because you know they can tune in uh, exclusively on Peacock and on Sirius XM it will be on uh 7 p.m eastern on Saturday is this game I'm excited for it. I'm excited to be there of course but this is gonna be a fun episode it's true this is one of our favorite events of the year and if you're sitting there and you're listening to us and you're thinking I'm so scared of the future you know the future is so uncertain What will the world look like for my children and my children's children? Well, I say fear not because these prospects are quite enticing and the game of baseball is in good hands. So let us first discuss why we love this game. Why is the Futures game important to us and why do we think it should matter to you as well? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty basic concept. And I think, you know, when you go back and look at past Futures game rosters, it's it's pretty obvious and. Now, what's so great about baseball is that you really don't have, you know, we talk about with like the draft, it's like, oh, you, you might not see these guys in so long. The Futures game, once they're making the Futures game, you're probably going to see them pretty soon. Um, they do try to lean towards guys, towards the upper uh, minors, uh, some of the best prospects in the upper minors, which means they're they're already knocking on the door. And, you know, oftentimes guys who are, you know, called become Futures gamers, get called up before they even make it to the Futures game. So like that's how close they are. And so it's just good to see a bunch of those guys on the field at the same time. It's also interesting to see guys who are still in A-ball be on the same field with guys who are killing it in AAA. So that's also kind of a unique opportunity. We talk a little bit about how the lack of popularity around the draft in baseball has to do a lot with how far away players are from being in the major leagues. This is the baseball version of the NFL draft or NBA draft in that you can turn on your TV or turn on your radio on Sunday afternoon and you can see the players that you're going to watch in very short order in the major leagues. And like for us selfishly, we love it because we get to show up here and we get to, you know, chat it up with a bunch of these guys who are going to be in the big leagues so that once they are in the big leagues, we have a much better feel for their personalities, who they are as baseball players. And the point of this episode is to convey that vibe to you. Yes. Um, but also, you know, I think that now with MILB TV and just the way that we follow prospects, it is so much easier to follow what's going on in the minor leagues than, yeah. than amateur ball, than high school ball, or, or even college ball, right? And so, and because fans are fans, they have attachments to these players. And so it's cool to see them have the opportunity 
to go kind of show out. So now you're going to hear from a bunch of them uh, later on in this episode. But before we zoom into the guys we did get to talk to, I mean, just looking at the rosters as a whole, is there anything that stands out? Is there, again, it used to be, you know, US versus world format. Now it's been AL versus NL the last couple of years. They also shortened it to seven innings, which sucks. I, I hate that and everybody hates that. That is annoying. Um, but one other element to this year's game that's going to be fascinating is they will be showcasing the automatic balls and strike challenge system. Mm. So it won't be robo zone for the whole game. But what that is, and this has been tested in the minors at multiple levels this year, pitchers or hitters or catchers, I guess, also are able to challenge balls and strikes and they can immediately check it. And I am so excited for this to be showcased. I mean, it's already being showcased at AAA games. And when you see this in action, I think you will see that this is the robo-ump that I can certainly support. And I think most people who see it will agree. So that's just kind of a side thing to watch that's going to be a big thing that I'm sure everyone will react to, I think, in a positive way. But as far as the players go, uh, or or if there's something related to the challenge system you want to bring up, uh, who are you uh, most excited to see? So I'm excited to see the guys who are physical anomalies in person. Once players get to the big league level and you can watch them on TV all the time, even though what Aaron Judge does every night is remarkable and incredible, we know what it looks like. Like I know what a large man like Aaron Judge swinging a baseball bat and hitting a home run looks like. I know what Yuri Perez being a beanpole looks like. I know what Jose Altuve looks like. When I look at the roster here and I see a 6'6", 240-pound center fielder like James Wood, I think to myself, what the fuck does that look like on the field? Yep. What does that look like in the batter's box? I feel the same way about a 5'6 player Mm -hmm. like Ryan Bliss. Yep. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And to watch those physical anomalies in person with my own two eyes, or for you folks on television, is going to be really, really interesting and worth your time. Yeah, totally agree about that. And the other fun thing about the Futures game is that the players are well aware and Dalton Rushing, <laughs> Dodgers catching prospect, told us this afterwards, like there's no siding what the goal is here, right? They they are treating this like a showcase, which is what it is. I mean, sure, they're going to go and take good at-bats, whatever. But in BP especially, and even during the game, we're, pitchers are trying to go up there and throw hard and hitters are trying to hit it out of the ballpark. And in BP too, like there's no bullshit also, even in the all-star, you know, uh, batting practice, whereas the best hitters in the world Whatever, pepper and line drives the other way. Great. You know, very boring. These guys are going to go into the cage tomorrow and just try and hit it off the windows and right, hit it up to the upper deck and left. And there's definitely some names I'm I'm super excited to watch just strictly from that standpoint. Uh, James Wood is is certainly one of those from in terms of the the raw, the raw velocity or the raw, you know, exit velocity and, and distance in terms of the just from the from an offensive standpoint. Spencer Jones. Spencer Jones, yep. who in college hit a ball one. 119 mm-hmm. miles an hour. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely a good one. I'm honestly just curious about Jackson Holiday, who's now the best uh, prospect in baseball. What does his BP look like if he can go up there and actually just try to hit home runs? It's clearly, that's something he's been able to do this year. I think Heston Kerstad, another Orioles guy, could certainly put on a show. Harry Ford, obviously, here in Seattle. like His, his raw power is a little bit more unique coming from a, a catching frame, but I think that could be a big one. And then Brady House of the Washington Nationals, sure. 6'4", 215. He's, Brady is a house. Yeah, he's a really interesting swing. Like, everything that looks about him is, is I think, is maybe going to surprise you a little bit. And then on, on the pitching side, it's just, okay, who's going to throw? Of course, we got Stackhouse and everything. The name to watch here is Jacob Mizorowski, a very lanky right-hander in the Milwaukee Brewer system 
who his numbers this year have been completely nuts. They drafted him out of a junior college in Missouri, and he has just been tremendous this season. I know he's easily triple digits. I'm trying to see who else of the pitchers we could expect to see triple digits, but I imagine he is going to be the the name to watch in strictly the velocity category. No one is going to throw a ball 100 miles an hour across the diamond this year like Mason Wynn did last year. Maybe Mason Wynn, who is not here, has still been pretty good in AAA. Uh, maybe Mason Wynn just goes home and throws a ball 105 for fun <laughs> during the Futures game just so he can get his uh, his frustration out. Uh, Jordan, let's move forward. Yes. Let's introduce some of the guys we talked about. And let's lead off with Marcelo Meyer, or as we joked, Marcello Meyer. Yes. Uh, he has uh, all kinds of nicknames. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2021 draft. And we were there when he got picked. And, and you know, he, he was there and... In Colorado, and it's interesting because he is um, he is, is as prototypical of a you know sweet swinging Southern California shortstop as it gets. And he's finally got to Double A. Still just twenty years old. You know he stumbled a little bit in Double A this year with the Sea Dogs, but he's he certainly has the it factor. And uh, when he's when he's rolling, he is as as smooth as it gets. And there's a reason. I mean, yeah, he's pretty comfortably a top 10, 15 prospect in the game. We talk sometimes, Jordan, about the twenty twenty Red Sox season. <laughs> and how it was the greatest tank job of all it time. Is. I the maintain 20, it. The 2020 Red Sox, no one remembers. They were ass. They were, they were unwatchable. Horrible. They were terrible. The pitching staff was an absolute mess. But they punted the BS 2020 season and ended up with the number then, four overall pick. Yeah. And then Marcelo Minor, Minor, Marcelo Meyer, who was probably the top prospect in that draft, fell to them at number four, mm-hmm. and they scooped him up. And guess what's happened? He's been outstanding yep. pretty much. All the way up through the minor leagues. So let's kick it now to our interview with Marcelo Meyer. By now, like you're a pro at passing time on buses. Yeah. What is like if you're getting on a four hour bus ride after a six game road trip, how are you passing the time? What's your strategy? Are you sleeping or do you have an iPad open? So sleep, you got to bring a pillow, have to bring a pillow. Now your neck's gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Real pillow, travel pillow. Travel pillow. Okay. You have you, you have your pillow at home, and then you got your travel pillow. You okay. know what I mean? How many pillows do you sleep with, like in your bed bed? Mm. Three. Three. Okay. Yeah. You a hard like, pillow or soft pillow kind of guy? I'm like a hard pillow, soft pillow, hug, hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like mean? that's a yeah. big league move right there. So I go, I go. I'm actually a five pillow guy. Yeah. I know this is psycho. If I, an ideal situation, I go on two under the head. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> one over the eyes, one for each hand. Bro, you're way too young to be doing that. I'm a king. <laughs> I treat myself like a king. Way too young. Uh, uh, Let me expose my dad real quick. He's like a 10 pillow guy. 10 pillow guy? He's well, like, what size is the bed? He, my he's goodness. He's like sitting upright like this, <laughs> sideways, has to put a pillow in between his legs, he's, hugging a pillow. It's wild. He doesn't even need a blanket. Marcel Meyer's dad, just pillows. Actually, one more question for you. So you're fluent in Spanish. How has that helped you in the minors? helps a lot. Being able to kind of bridge the gap between the gringos and the non-gringos. It helps a lot. Just, it helps a lot. I mean, you, you're kind of like a, a translator for for both of them. So you kind of just kind of bring the clubhouse together in a way, you know, especially if you get along with everyone. It's 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 yeah. pretty easy just because, you know, you're speaking to them in Spanish. They're at they're They want to talk to each other. So they come to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And you you embrace that. Oh hell yeah! You're hell like yeah. this is great because yeah. I I can literally bring my teammates together in a way that others can't. Yeah, because like yeah. in so many, especially in the minor league clubhouses, dude. Like you get the Latin guys are in one corner, 
and the American guys are in another corner and like they don't interact a whole lot. So have you found that like your ability to like make sure everyone's interacting, you all go get food together as a unit. That's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, we do a really good job of, you know, bringing everyone together, not just me. So, you know, there's times where where I'm not even there and an American will go out with a Dominican. I don't know how. (laughs) <laughs> that dynamic works but they'll go on like to eat sushi you know what i mean yeah and they don't even need your translation yeah there you go So, like everyone everyone there gets along with when the red Sox, everyone gets along with everyone it's like a pretty cool dynamic in the clubhouse that was marcelo meyer and, and now, us and us and us you those there were some other voices in there uh and now we are going to send it to one of his teammates in portland one of his infield mates and that is nick york nick york was the first round pick of the Red Sox the year before Marcelo Meyer. And Nick York was, unlike Marcelo Meyer, everyone knew he was going to be a top 10 pick. Nick York was much more of a surprise when he went 17 in the 2020 COVID draft. And you're going to hear a little bit about the background of that story, which I find absolutely fascinating. And Nick York has just continued to mash all the way. That's why they loved him in the first round there. He's he's hitting quite well at the AA level, still just 21 years old. And uh, yeah, dude rakes, very fun personality. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation about it. Anything on Nick before we send it to the combo? Yeah, he's a second baseman who just flat out hits mm-hmm. and was certainly enough of a surprise in the first round when he was drafted. As you'll hear, he was out in the world on his way home from baseball practice when he found out he got drafted by the Red Sox. Let's send it to our talk with Nick. Your pick, and I'm sure you were asked about this at the time, but now it's easy because you're killing it in the minors. You're going to be a big leaguer. People are like, who's this guy? What's going on? I'm picking Nick York in the first round. I was like that too because I hadn't heard of you, and I feel like I follow this stuff pretty closely. And then immediately it was like, oh, yep. It's like these baseball teams know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> so when you find out you're going in the first round, like what point during that year did you think, oh, I can go in the first round? I know it was a weird year, but. um, I mean, my personal belief in myself was I'm a first rounder. Sure, sure, sure. No matter what. Like, I mm-hmm. think I'm one of the. Yeah, you got to think highly of yourself. To of perform. course. Um, that being said, uh, agent, everyone rankings. There was a two percent chance I was getting drafted in the first round. Right. Uh, I would. I called my agent. There was a practice. It was during COVID twenty twenty. Um, and there was a practice. We were having three hours away from our hometown because it was the only place that was open right. for for right. workouts and stuff. Right. Um, and I called my agent. I'm like, look, it's day one of the draft. Like. I'm not going right. Like I can go to this workout. I can go practice. And he goes, yeah, like you should, you can go, you can go practice. Like, I know you're not doing anything else, but like, just bring your mom and give her your phone just in case, like blah, blah, blah. Um, practice ends, whatever, nothing's happening, whatever. We have the live stream up on the minivan on yeah, a yeah. three hour drive back home. And, uh, then pick 16 happens and I get a phone call from my agent and it all went down just in the minivan pulled over on the freeway and just somewhere in California. Middle of nowhere. In Middle of nowhere, California yeah. is where you got drafted. See, that's the kind of story you hear about 20, 30 years ago, yeah. right? But now that's so, and I know the 2020 draft is as weird as it gets. So right. like it was going to be weird no matter what, but that's an amazing story. That's crazy. Cause like you said, of course you're confident in yourself. You believe you, you deserve it and you've proven that you deserve it. Mm-hmm. But you, like you said, like, yeah, I'm not, probably not going. Yeah. To- I mean, just the way everything was pointed yeah. was, yeah. you know, this wasn't really going to happen. Oh, and, and then. I- at least day one. Sure, like, sure. So it, it was oh definitely God. a shock. It was, it was. Good, That's amazing. In the memory. minivan, in the mi- in, in the <laughs> mommy mobile, coming back from so, practice. So wait, yeah. do you hear oh. it on the live stream first, or do you get the call? I got the right call before? first. Okay. I got the call first. Um, uh, as I'm talking on my mo- on the phone, my mom's like, "Oh, seems like a serious conversation. I'm gonna pull over, pull over the car." 
uh all happens <laughs> hang up we look up on the phone live stream and with the oh my god know, was, mom like, we're yeah. going to red lobster baby <laughs> let's go we're, we're getting guac like, and yeah. chipotle we're going, we're going big time hey I'm, I'm a first <laughs> rounder everyone in the oh my in the god store and all the people guac. so wait who are you practicing like what it was with my travel ball team okay. my little brother played for the travel ball team okay. at the time so, so i was zach yeah i was unaffiliated i guess right right, right. senior summer yeah yeah going yeah into summer ball that just got canceled sure sure, sure. Uh, so i was kind of just at home doing nothing like working out Amazing. waiting for covid to go away kind of and uh, well, little brother was in the backseat when it all happened too it was, oh my it was god cool that's sweet yeah. what is your first baseball memory because like big league memory for us it's sosa oh yeah you, Sammy right? sosa for me was was early it was like that was the first baseball person i was very cognizant of yeah so um, what is it for you for me it was my First spring training after the COVID draft, whatever. I was fortunate enough to go to big league camp right off the bat. And uh, I was just kind of sitting in the dugout. It was during one of the spring training games. I wasn't playing. I was probably going in the seventh inning after. Yeah. This is 2021. Yeah, 2021 yep. after yep. all the big dogs get their ABs. I was going in, whatever. Um, and uh, Bogarts wasn't playing that day either. And I was just sitting on the bench kind of alone. I'm the only 18-year-old kid there. Everyone else is, you know, a profound big leaguer. Like, right. it's wild. You and, got, uh, like, the triple-digit number. Yeah, I'm just starts with an there. eight, double-ear flap helmet. <laughs> yeah, just sitting there, right? Yeah. I'm wearing number 80. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, and Bogey just came over and sat down next to me. He goes, what's good? What's up? He goes, I'm Sandra Bogey. I go, I know who you are, man. <laughs> like, I'm Nick. Nice to meet you. Start talking to him, you know, whatever. He's the nicest human being. Like, one of the rare guys will come over and talk to every minor league dude ever. Um, and then later that game, I ended up getting a base hit later in the game. And uh, Rafael Devers comes and sits down next to me. And he goes, Poppy, what's your approach? And I go, you should not be asking me what my <laughs> approach. What's your approach, Rafi? <laughs> like, you tell me. But I don't want to screw you was, up, that man. Was, that was all in the same game. So that was that was my big oh my like, God. Wow, this is crazy. And we're back here. Hi, everybody. Thanks for continuing to listen. Our next interview with a futures gamer is going to be White Sox hurler Jonathan Cannon, a graduate, not a graduate, an alum, not an alum. Uh, I think I think alum is still okay if you haven't graduated. Okay, in my opinion, I don't know if there's official definitions, but saying graduate, maybe he has graduated. I I don't know. I mean, we'll see. You know, three years to Georgia. But like, I feel like saying graduate yeah. is more disingenuous for college players who are drafted after three alum. years than saying alum. I feel like you can be an alum if you didn't get your degree. Okay. Jonathan That's Cannon. That's how I feel about him. Uh, Jonathan Cannon is a right-handed pitching prospect for the Chicago White Sox. He was a third-round pick last year, as we just mentioned, out of the University of Georgia. Interesting trajectory for him, you know, growing up in Georgia. There was a time uh, during his time, you know, his, his time at Georgia where it was like, this guy could be an easy first-round pick. Some inconsistencies his junior year, but he's really been quite good for them uh, this year in the minors, looking like possibly a steal in the third round. And uh, a very tall and athletic gentleman, and you're going to hear a story related to that athleticism here. So enjoy this conversation with Mr. Jonathan Cannon. How old are you when you dunk for the first time? I probably was a freshman or sophomore in high school. Okay. So Where was that? Do you remember? Like, Do you have a moment? Because, you know, we're... Relatively unathletic <laughs> Jewish kids. And so, like, I don't remember my first dunk. Well, I never would have even tried. I'm curious when you thought, like, I could do this. Mm, that looks yeah. close. <laughs> I, I actually got a funny story because I tried to dunk in a game twice before I actually did it. So, I got, I missed twice before I actually got it. Dude, that is 
legitimate ambition. That's yeah. like that says a lot about your character, your bravery, your yeah. confidence. This guy's yeah. watching. So, you watch Space Jam yeah. too many times. So wait, like so wait a minute. Are you yeah. like now? Are we talking fast break? Are we talking? You're trying to posterize some poor kid, even oh, though you've never dunked before. Oh, we're going like one of them would definitely would have been a poster. It was a little bit ambitious for like a first dunk attempt. <laughs> like it wasn't wide open, but the second one was. It was just just I took off too early, and I remember I'm in the air, and I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna make it. <laughs> well, you've never done it before. Yeah, I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, That's, that is incredible. This is so, and you and you just tried it, and so why did you think you could do this? Like, well, because he was fucking yeah. good. No, like, I know, yeah. but you would never. Why do you no, think you could? No, do it? Okay, well, obviously you did shortly after, but I'm just yeah. saying that, like, what what was? I mean, I was it like the crowd was kind of hyping you up. It was a close game. You're trying to like bring yeah. the house down. I think I just kind of caught one in transition. It was just like so natural. Like I was like, oh, okay, like this I got is it. This, this is the yeah. time. Like, I, I had a chance to go two hands. I was like, it's not coming out this time. Like I got this. Uh, okay, so then your first dunk, I assume, comes. Not in a game setting, or did well, it? Well, well, I, I mean, I would dunk for the first time, like in practice. Yeah, like, sure, sure, yeah, sure. After practice, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, in the game, I missed two times <laughs> in the game, and then ended up finally getting it. And my, all my whole team went nuts. Like he finally got it. Hello again, everybody. Jake Jordan. Here we are. Our next interview is going to be with Victor Scott, one of the fastest players in minor league baseball. He is currently second in all of the minors and stolen bases with 52. We had a very fun conversation with him about how fast he really is, when he knew he was fast, and how his speed as a kid sometimes put him in some sticky situations. Yes. Uh, unlike Jonathan Cannon, Victor Scott, also from Georgia, decided, you know where I'm going to go for college? Morgantown, West Virginia. Fascinating choice, but it worked out for the best. He's now in double A with the Cardinals. And yes, let's say that again. He has 52 steals in 75 games this year. An absolute burner and uh, a fantastic personality. So enjoy this conversation with Mr. Victor Scott. When did you know you were fast as uh, a kid? Was oh, there like man. a moment when you're little and <laughs> you're like, oh, well, all these guys are behind me. What's going there on? Goes Victor. Oh, man. Um, I think it was like when I was in kindergarten and we were doing like a suicide oh. race. Yeah. Okay. Like going you're, back and forth. you're five? Yeah, I think I was like uh, about five years old, I would say. <laughs> And I always used to like run with my head down um, and like not really be able to see. So, uh, <laughs> so I think we, we like raced like back and forth, like across like the gymnasium. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like I came in first and like everybody was coming up to me saying like I was fast. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't I was see supposed to be my there. head was yeah, down. Right, right. Yeah. What's so, what's so weird about that? Okay. But then you get older. Now you're not five. You're starting to realize it. I actually have a story before that. Oh, before five? Actually, but see, I don't remember the story. Okay. My dad told me the story. Okay, all right. Well, so well he, he said, can verify if that's true. So yeah. So I was like in the airport, I think, and I was like, was I pulling a fire alarms or something? <laughs> and then I think I was like trying to escape from him, trying to catch me. So <laughs> wait, how old? How old are we talking? Was, like. Oh, so this wait, is wait, even wait. younger. So four years old, you pull the fire alarm. Took off. Oh, the defibrillator you, in the airport. Something you should not have touched. No, nope. clearly nope. did something you shouldn't have done in an airport. Yep. Your dad was not happy. Nope. Took off. But you were like, well, my dad's not happy. I better start running. I better get away. I better get away. <laughs> and you did. Get you. Uh, I, mean, I think he caught me like after a little bit, but <laughs> you're like, damn, that four year old's yeah, flying, flying, moving. Yep. <laughs> get him in the belt. Like, how old field. is he? Okay, so you mentioned uh, at the beginning here you had NBA NBA aspirations. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, with this speed, you know, all kinds of sports are, are opened up to you here. 
right? So what's the, how does the NBA dream start? How does a basketball dream start? Are you playing football? Are you, are you running track? I assume maybe like, how is the speed translating to other sports and then ultimately lands you in baseball? Actually, actually track. I, I wanted to run track, but it was at the same time during baseball. So I, I couldn't, okay. I couldn't manage at the same time. So my sister ended up running. And then my parents were going back and forth from the track field to the baseball field, watching us both compete. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. But I know at the basketball level, I was like sometimes almost like too fast, and I would like almost like outrun the ball. And I was like, "Yo, this is a, this is a problem because I keep traveling, I keep having like having loose balls, and I got I got to <laughs> dive of, on the floor. It's like fast break, and you just go past the hoop, yep, like I'm, right I'm out too, out the door. Couldn't control myself. Right. I could talk to Victor Scott all day long. I have so many more questions. About him being one of the fastest players in baseball, I'm excited to ask him more of them when we see him at the game on Saturday. Our next conversation is, let's go back to the top of the prospect list. It's Jordan Lawler of the Arizona Diamondbacks, sixth overall pick in 2021, just two picks behind Mr. Marcelo Meyer. And Jordan has also made his way to the AA level where he is now a poodle, a sod poodle to be specific, one of the more all-around talents that we have in the minor leagues as a shortstop, as someone who also I am now seeing has 26 steals this year after stealing 39 last year as a 19-year-old, an all-around superstar, and that's what he was seen as as a high school prospect. And uh, for my takeaway from this conversation with him, dude's good at everything, and it's just so damn charming and nice. These Guys like him and Marcelo Meyer, they don't just go at the top because they're this good at baseball. It's because you get in a room with them and you're like, yeah, yeah. I want I want yeah. this guy in my organization. <laughs> and I think that comes across here. Uh, so sure, I am a little Jordan biased, but I think you will enjoy this conversation with Jordan Lawler. When did you know you were good at baseball? Because we now, now we know. Yeah. I think we're pretty uh-huh. sure at this point you're good. <laughs> but there was a time when maybe you didn't know you were good at baseball. But so then when did that change? Yeah, I mean, I never can answer that question i don't ever have a pinpoint answer to okay. that but i mean my last year in visalia that kind of proved to me i was like okay i can do this mm, I, okay so not even I, until then yeah i mean i knew a little bit but like that was when you actually pro ball <laughs> like oh okay. yeah your face so you weren't even convinced at any point during high school legit. for your first round pick you're like i am good enough to get the opportunity I, but, I, I yeah for that i was yeah i always felt like i was a step ahead you know okay on the summer yes circuits and yes stuff. yes but as far as pro ball once you actually get into the meat of it you know like it's a little different but once you can do that prove it to yourself you have that confidence and uh that just allows you to play the highest level all right time for our last interview and i think what might have been my favorite interview of the day a talk with dodgers catching prospect dalton rushing definitely the type of dude When you speak with him for three minutes, you immediately know he is a catcher. And that is not just because he can complete his sentences and he has thick legs. It is because he thinks about the game of baseball in a very advanced way. Really enjoyed our conversation with him. Yes. And as I alluded to here a few times, you know, he was one of my favorite prospects in last year's draft. But the story that he tells that you're about to hear about him on draft day. You know, draft day stories are always good. This is one of the best draft day stories I've ever heard. And it has nothing to do with <laughs> Dalton himself, but rather his college coach at the University of Louisville. So I'm not going to spoil anything else, but we really think you're going to enjoy this one. Maybe our favorite story of the day. So we're going to finish that off with the finale final conversation. And we'll come back after that and wrap it. So enjoy this fantastic draft day story from Dodgers catching prospect Dalton Rushing. So I'm actually sitting in um, 
the media room like we call it the omaha room at louisville mm-hmm. so like we have all of our team meetings there this is where i held the draft uh families like filled with the room or mm-hmm. filled the room with family coach max in the very back just you know speculating <laughs> just looking around yep. throughout the whole draft he's starting to mm-hmm. i don't want to say get nervous but he knows what's gonna happen sure so he texts me like after i think i think it was like pick 30. so he texts you and you're in you're I'm in the, the front row. row. I'm in the front row. <laughs> He's in the back. He's in the very back. And you have and like he, the camera set up, yes, right? Just in case, right, for show you. Yep. They're waiting, and it, we're at like pick 29 or 30. Right. And so I'm, I'm like, oh, it could be in the next three. It could be in the next four. You never know. You right. don't want to get Brady Quinn. Exactly. And uh, Coach Mack texts me after like pick 32, and he goes, Dodgers. Was, Did it just say Dodgers? Like that's, I could pull up the text. It just, I actually went back and <laughs> my phone. It just said Dodgers, and I was like. What? We still have like eight or nine picks to go. Like, what are you texting me Dodgers for? Like, right. Whatever. Is he saying Fair that's enough. what he wants? Is he saying that he so knew all the time, the whole time? Texting back. I'm like, I, I haven't heard a word, coach. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, we still, he's 15 feet. Right? <laughs> I can turn around and talk to him. But Amazing. He's just uh, so that's like, Mac. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's Dan McDonald to a T. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, I haven't heard a word. I don't know where you're getting this from. And he just goes, Dodgers. <laughs> well, he says it again. He doubles down. Dodgers. <laughs> Double down. Double down. And um, sure enough, 39, 39th pick goes in. Steven Sachs walking to the uh, yeah. podium. Yep. And uh, sure enough, I get a call. And I just like, I get the call. And it was, of course, like have the conversation with my agent. And I, I just turn around. And I'm like. <laughs> is he laughing? Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> is, like, how is, do you know this? Like, is, it was unbelievable. It was one of the most like mesmerizing things i've ever witnessed when it comes to like a draft everyone's like going nuts in the room and you're and he's just nodding like a guru (laughs) and welcome to the end of this prospect futures game extravaganza podcast (sighs) exhale what a long day that was it was a long day it was a great day makes me even more excited for tomorrow to actually see these guys in action um and as as dalton rushing said uh dodgers Dodgers. Period. Uh, I will say, Jordan, like I'm exhausted mm-hmm. right now. We've been in this conference room at this hotel for what feels like 65 years. We have so many interviews that we did, a lot of which you did not hear. There are players that we talked to like BJ Murray and P. Cor Armstrong and Spencer Jones. Those that didn't even make this episode because we didn't want it to be three hours long. Those conversations are going to trickle out over the next couple of months Make sure you stay tuned for a lot of those. Yes. So we'll have plenty more coming from those conversations uh, as as we see fit. But we hope you enjoyed these ones. We hope you are now rooting for all of these guys. We certainly are. And uh, again, you can tune in to the SiriusXM All-Star Futures Game, 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, exclusively on Peacock and on SiriusXM. Very excited to be there at T-Mobile Park watching all these players ball out and watching them challenge uh, falls and strikes. I am so excited to see that. Um, so thank you again to our guests in this episode, Marcella Meyer, Nick York, Jonathan Cannon, Victor Scott, Jordan Lawler, and Dalton Rushing. Thank you to, to Chris Tyler for producing this episode, a heroic production effort from his home. Unfortunately, Chris is not here with us. Uh, thank you to Brady Gardner. Brady Gardner. In the uh, room with ba- us. <laughs> he's, he's saying hi. Uh, Brady Gardner is really uh, the magic behind a lot of what happens here at Baseball Barbecast. So thank you to him. And uh, yeah, thank you to uh, everyone involved in today. 
And we hope you enjoy this Futures Game Special Edition. We will be back with more podcasting very soon, probably Sunday night uh, into Monday, I think will be our next episode. We will have a draft recap as well as a Home Run Derby preview. So you can expect us to hear that uh, on either Sunday night or Monday. Again, if you want a full draft preview, we did a whole episode of that earlier this week. So you should go check that out if you want to feel prepared for Sunday night's action. But that's when you will hear from us next. And then obviously with the All-Star game and stuff, we have plenty more on the way coming to this feed. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate and review. Tell all your friends this is the best or at least a top 500 baseball podcast out there. We can guarantee that much. Tell your friends it's fine. (laughs) We appreciate the support. And uh, if you see us uh, at T-Mobile Park, please say hello. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Brady. Thank you, Chris, who's editing. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Serious XM Podcasts.